0: Book podcast
1: where we review books. Hello and welcome to Forever Young Adult, a podcast where I, Aoife... And
0: I, Kira, read and discuss young adult fiction.
1: If you missed the last episode, which is possible I suppose, we're doing things a little bit differently now. We're trying to keep shorter and also, instead of just telling Kira what happens in this book, I'm going to convince her to read it.
0: Yep, and I am going to possibly be enamoured because to be honest it is not that difficult to convince me to read a book. I read a lot of books. I definitely skim a lot of books I read most of them.
1: We're also trying to focus a little bit more on Irish authors and books of Irish interest uh, both of which we are discussing today. Today's book is The Space Between by Meg Grihen. She is a young woman who is from Laos. Um, Her about in the book is that she lives in Donegal with her very ginger dog, her even more (laughs) ginger girlfriend, and several cats who are not ginger.
0: Um, I was once going to meet this author, but then COVID-19 happened and we could no longer do the author visit that we were going to do. So I did not meet her. Um, It's very sad. (laughs)
1: <laughs> not to like humanize someone based on the fact that I don't know them and like develop a parasocial relationship but I think you would get on well with Meg Green because her book is own voices both in the terms of being a queer narrative and in terms of being a narrative of someone struggling with mental health issues
0: Ooh, a queer person with mental health issues can't relate
1: <laughs> one thing I do have to tell you about this book though is yeah. I don't think it's YA.
0: <laughs> so, I know this from the libraries. This book is both classified as YA and classified as children's because the main character is 12? Question mark?
1: Nope. Younger? Nope. What? Oh, no, you're thinking of her other book.
0: I'm thinking of The Deepest Breath, which is also by Meg, Meg Rian.
1: Mm-hmm. No, Sorry. the space between... May or may not be YA, depending on how you define the parameters of the genre. I will say the protagonist is definitely not 12, but we don't know what age she is. Mm -hmm. Um, Her love interest is a teacher, so probably not 12. It would read very badly and not be a book I want to read if she was 12. She's definitely like having left school, but it's Mm -hmm. very ambiguous So to give a brief overview, this book is about a girl who decides to stay inside for a full year. Mm -hmm. Her name is Beth. I say girl, we don't really know what age she is. Uh, She talks about turning her back on her job. She used to work in a bookshop and she really liked it. There is an idea she might go back to school at some point, which I think is college. So she's that kind of young adult age
0: somewhere between
1: 18 and 24 yeah and she decides that she wants to stay inside for a full year because question mark question mark question mark she doesn't really know why it's either like basically she just has (laughs) agoraphobia she doesn't want to go outside uh She doesn't want to be part of everyday life. She's really tired at the idea of, like, going to college, to go to work, to go to the gym, to go out dancing, to make small talk with people at work about how she went to the gym and went out dancing. And she just wants to stay at home. Oh, my God. (laughs) Same. Yeah. It's ambiguous where it's set, but, like, it is the countryside.
0: Okay.
1: Beth's house is, like, heated by a fireplace. She's not very rich, but we don't really know how she has the money to completely not leave her house for a year. She's, like, carefully hoarded and, like, counted up money from her work. And she's got just enough. And, like, she won't put the heating on boost in the middle of the day or anything because that will cost more money. And she... Needs to be able to keep this up for a full year.
0: Wait, does she have enough, like, food in the house for a full year?
1: A guy comes around once a week to deliver her groceries.
0: Okay, that makes more sense. Because, like, it is possible. It's just very difficult. Yeah. The, the fear of scurvy, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm
1: very conscious of not saying anything while I'm eating my orange. Speaking of scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> and a reason why I think you'll like this book is because... Mm-hmm. While it's about having mental health issues and maybe dealing with them poorly and eventually learning to deal with them better, it's not that Alice, the love interest, fixes Beth, Okay, but it, it is that Alice's dog, Mouse... Really, really helps.
0: Oh my god! If I had a dog, I would not have mental health issues. And I know that that is like a massive oversimplification of everything in the world. But also, if I had a dog, I wouldn't have mental health issues. Dogs <laughs> can way, help, as like in the same way as like I got a better-paying job, and a lot of my like anxieties in the world eased because now I was able to like afford, like to do things that I had previously been unable to afford to do and I just felt more secure in my life. And also like after like three months with a dog it would no longer have the novelty that like insecurity that i had at the start. Now I'd just be like yes I have another thing but that loves me. I have a thing that loves me.
1: I mean it could be an overall increase in your like life. Joy. Sure. Like to go um, very simply the thing that makes you happier and healthier is like more good things and fewer bad things and more personal capability of dealing with bad things when they crop up. So yeah. a dog is plus one good thing and probably um, also makes you feel like competent.
0: A dog is to take care of plus a dog. 10 things. Okay. Plus 10. It's and got like its little paws. It's got its little three. nose. <laughs> okay. Mostly I'm like the downside of a dog is that you have to like pay for it and that would make my financial anxiety worse. <laughs> It also forces you to leave the house and therefore get exercise.
1: Not that this dog forces our main character to leave the house.
0: (laughs) Tell me more about this book.
1: (laughs) I've sped through this book. It's like 180 pages, but it is written in verse. Mm -hmm. And I literally sat down and I think read at least 60 pages of it in 20 minutes at one point because I had a timer on, so I knew one thing it reminded me a lot of is another book I'm reading at the moment, which is House of Leaves, Mm -hmm. which is a horror book. And one thing reading both these books at the same time made me think of is how being a person with mental illness is like being a protagonist in a horror story, because there are certain kinds of horror where the horrific thing is that the rules of the world stop working. Mm -hmm. And, the world is broken and something terrible is going to happen and that's also how it feels to have mental illness there is no difference to the person who is experiencing like a hallucination Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: it is exactly the same as if a ghost has wandered into your room like this girl doesn't feel doesn't have hallucinations but you know that sort of thing like yeah Um, there is no difference in the feeling of I cannot leave my house because something bad is going to get me because I have agoraphobia and Mm -hmm. I cannot leave my house because something bad is going to get me because there's zombies outside. It's the same feeling. So it it really hammered that home for me, this early part, the very early part before Beth starts to do a little bit better. So right. she decides she wants to hold herself in and keep herself safe from the world and somehow keep herself like safe and wrapped up, but also like she doesn't know if she should matter as a person anymore. So it's both keeping the world safe from her and keeping her safe from the world. We don't really know what her life was like before she decided to close herself off like this.
0: Mm-hmm. It is interesting to me how like planned this was I have very limited knowledge of agoraphobia but my understanding could be wrong is that generally speaking it doesn't manifest in such like a planned manner it's more that like you start limiting yourself in that like you you can only go to this place or you can only go to that place and then you can't go to that place anymore and like you start slowly Slowly, your world shrinks as opposed to just deciding one day that you will make the make the conscious decision to spend a year inside. So and, the, we, and like putting the planning into that. We get a bit of insight
1: into that where it seems like Beth has been doing not great for a little while. Mm-hmm. She talks about how the day she realized how unhappy she was was because she had a day when she was really happy. So I think she went to a concert and she was like, I was in that crowd with all these people singing the same song. And like, it felt so good that I realized that I'm so miserable so much of the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, in my mind, although it doesn't really specify, I think that was like November of the year before. And she starts to think, I have a bit of money. I don't want to be out in this world that makes me feel sad anymore. And I've actually got a quote from a different book to illustrate that. <laughs> there is a writer called Olivia Lang, who wrote a book called The Lonely City, which mm-hmm. is a philosophical exploration of loneliness that she wrote when she was in her mid thirties and she moved to New York on her own. Okay. And she talks a lot about like the history of loneliness in art and in religion and in philosophy but also just how it feels to be lonely. One of my favorite quotes from it is, what does it feel like to be lonely? It feels like being hungry. It feels like being starving when everyone else is preparing for a feast. But she also has a quote that I think really, really illustrates how Beth made this decision, which is her talking about her loneliness and how The more lonely you get, it like builds up around you like fluff in machinery and it stops you working as well and it keeps you further away from other people so you're less and less able to address it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I wanted very much not to be where I was. In fact, part of the trouble seemed to be that where I was wasn't anywhere at all. My life felt empty and unreal. I felt like I was in danger of vanishing, though at the same time the feelings I had were so raw and overwhelming that I often wished I could find a way of losing myself altogether, perhaps for a few months, until the intensity diminished.
0: Okay, so I know that's from another book, but that does Mm -hmm. help understand where, like, okay, she's like, I'm just going to take a year off and then I'll go back into the world once I am healed by yeah. taking that year off yeah but to- in order to do that I have to not leave my house for a year
1: yeah she's like my world to practically just work and home anyway so why don't I just make this a decision clearly it's giving me something to be alone in my house I'm just gonna really lean into it
0: there's also like something to be said for like taking the control to be like I'm just going to pause. I'm going to pause yeah. my life completely. And that's my decision. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I'm, I don't I'm feel
1: on- like my brain is breaking me. I feel like I've chosen this.
0: Yeah. I'm on board with like Beth's decisions and like logic. I'm not saying that it's a healthy decision or logic, but I'm, I, I can follow it through. I'm on board.
1: I'm really glad you did that little coda because it is not a
0: healthy decision. <laughs> uh because... like a year is too much, but if she said that I'm just gonna stay in my house for a month and just recess, I'd be like, that's not a that's not a terrible.
1: Yeah, when I have a bad just brain time. time out, like... When I have a bad brain time, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take it easy for like half a week. I'm yeah. gonna like rely on the pre-prepped meals I have in my freezer. I'm not going to like, make plans to go out for dinner with friends. I'm going to, like, stay at home and chill and, like, take it easy, you know, go back to the basics of, like, exercising, getting enough sleep, eating well. But, yeah, to quote S. Kelly Harrell, another person, (laughs) we don't heal in isolation but in community. So Beth thinks she's going to get better for being alone in herself for a year but that's really really bad for people it's really really bad
0: uh if covid has taught us anything it's that humans are very social and they need social interactions
1: the first 30-ish pages of this book feels like a horror story because it's just her in her brain in her head feeling dark thoughts not able to sleep like it's 6am her thoughts are just cycling and cycling and she's going through her morning routine and what she's going to do at what time and then she's going to have you know from eight to ten this is everything that's going to happen that's all that's going to happen she opens her eyes again and it's like six a.m and she's like I can't do any of those things yet it's not time to do those things yet like I I can't wait to like get up have a shower put on my fluffy socks eat my breakfast But I can't do those things yet because it's not time. So she's created this little world where she has complete control and it's horrible. And it's just her and her massive shelf of books. And she's started like saying hello to everything in her house, which I don't think is a bad thing personally. Like she treats the books like old friends and like, you know, when she puts on her comforting socks, she's like, oh, there
0: you are. Oh, like she has complete control, but it also sounds like her routine has a lot of control over her. Because like she can't sleep at six a.m., she's really excited for what she's gonna do at eight a.m., but can't, like just transpose those two hours, to like she can't do the things that she wants to do from eight till ten, at six till eight because that's not the time, that you do them in.
1: I think part of it is that if she does them between six till eight then the entire rest of her day is empty until about noon at which point she's got one hour of activities and then the entire rest of the day is empty until like eight
0: can she not transpose her whole day two hours earlier
1: the dog arrives and the dog makes you realize how very bad it's been like reading it you're getting more and more tense because it's more and more this person's in cycles, in her head. But the dog is something new. I'm like, it's just that a dog arrives outside of her kitchen window. I think she has like a full length window in the kitchen that goes down to the ground. And the dog's like, wagging his tail outside. And he's panting and he's like, oh my God, there's a person in there, look. And she's like, hi, hello. And she like waves at him and he like does a little excited dance. And She sees that his little label says mouse.
0: Which is a great name for a dog. It's a great name for
1: a dog. I was thinking the other day about how you wanted to have a pet mouse, but you also had mice in your house at the time.
0: I never had... Okay, I had mice in my parents' house. But they were wild mice, which are completely different to domesticated mice because of germs. Wild mice have different germs to domesticated mice, and they are also bred differently due to... like. The same way a wolf is not a dog, even though wolves and dogs are... There's differences, okay? I still want mice. I'm just still not allowed by my housemate.
1: I thought you
0: only wanted a mouse because you couldn't have a dog called Mouse, honestly. Um, I mean, I also partly wanted mice because I couldn't have a dog, and it's much easier to, like, space-wise have a mouse. But I'm also just like, they're little cute little thingums, little cuties. And they don't smell bad. There, there there, we go. Pure <laughs> logic. I just, I just want, I have a lot of love inside of me and I want a fluffy thing to mm-hmm. share it with. Is that so horrible? It's not.
1: And in fact, it might be very good for your mental health because Mouse <laughs> really helps Beth. First of all, she just sees him a few days. Uh, after a little while, he brings a ball and she, without leaving her house, like, Throws it out the window for him and he brings it back. And she throws it out the window for him again, but eventually she throws it too far. And Mouse's owner comes and is like, Who are you bothering? What are you doing? And she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know someone lived here. I hope he wasn't bothering you. He's fine, really. And Beth is like, No, 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 it's fine. It's great. And she's like, I just bring him for a walk in the morning and he loves to run off. I guess he thought you'd be fun to play with. Um, sorry, I must bring him home now because I have to get off to work. And Beth's like, or oh, he could stay with me all day.
0: He can he can stay with I, me. What if we shared custody of your dog? <laughs> Stranger. She's,
1: she does this for a while. She basically becomes a dog sitter. She's still not leaving her house, but she... Is able to like incorporate the dog into her routines, and like when she's starting to feel freaked out, she gives him a cuddle. Like even when she's doing her very strict routines, just the dog being there keeps her more grounded in herself, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I guess gives her more flexibility because it's like yes, I absolutely do this at this time, but also, you know, if if mouse if needs mouse needs to go outside, so it's okay. yeah. If Mouse needs something, I, sh- I should definitely be able to do that. <sighs> and it's just really nice. Um, that's basically the whole book, I guess, plot wise. Like,
0: I know this is like spoilery, but does does she ultimately leave the house before the year is up? Or does she do the whole She doesn't year?
1: leave the house before the year is up but her okay. and alice her neighbor and mouse's owner work mm-hmm. on strategies to kind of bridge the gaps between their two worlds where okay for example at one point they have a picnic on the like front porch and like before alice comes over beth like takes a deep breath and like practices going onto the porch and sitting on the like wooden slats at the front of the house that's like a platform and she's able to sit there Mm -hmm. and it's okay and she does that and she goes back inside and comes out a few times so she comes a bit comfortable at that and by the time Alice comes over Beth is like surprise I made us a picnic let's eat on the porch.
0: Very cool.
1: Then as summer happens Alice's idea to make kind of a tent in the garden, kind of a fort um, where she like covers the grass with first a tarp and then some like beautiful blankets and throws and pillows and they're able to chill there for it together. And then by the time the weather turns bad, Beth is comfortable enough to be like, you can come into the house because that's the other thing. She doesn't want to go out into the outside world but she also doesn't want the outside world to come into her space. So Alice is very sensitive to it. At one point when they're chilling in this fort because they basically are spending all day together. She's like, oh, I need to pee. I'm just gonna pop across the road to my place. It won't be a second. And Beth is like, no, it's okay. The The toilet's in the, in the kitchen to the left. It's, go on, you can go in. Aww. It's so cute. It's just, it's really nice. And it's a lot of those little steps and you know, eventually like she's able to deal with Alice being in the kitchen, but like not anywhere else in the house. And eventually like anywhere downstairs is okay. And that's kind of as far as we get, but it, the year it, this book tracks the full year and it is like on midnight, at midnight, at midnight on New Year's Eve she Mm. walks out again onto the grass and Alice is like, are you sure? You don't need to push yourself just because it's been the year. Like, you don't need to do this. And Beth's like, no, I can do this. And like, does a little circuit around her house and comes back inside.
0: That is... I like that Mm -hmm. a lot. I like... I... Yeah. It's good to like, make boundaries for yourself. And... Like... Like, I don't want to be, like, it's good to limit yourself to int- the entirety of your own house. But, like, sometimes it is nice to just, like, take a break from the world for a weekend or something. Like, and just, like, myself and my partner have loads of jobs that we're doing this weekend. And he was like, oh, we could just do them over, like, because, like, we've, we're recording this. We d- we've already been to town this morning. We're recording this in the morning. We've got other couple of things. And he was like, we could do it tomorrow. And I was like, no. We're getting all the jobs done today so that tomorrow we can just turn Mm -hmm. off. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. And I don't think that I ever need a full year to turn off. But it can just recharge a person. And I don't want to be like, agoraphobia is the solution to mental health issues because it is a Mm -hmm. mental health issue in itself. But I can see how being like, I'm going to give myself the space to do these things, and then at the end of that, I'm gonna go back into the world could help people on a short in, in a short yeah term.
1: if if Beth had come up with this idea maybe in tandem with a mental health professional or like people yes. who love and care about her, she would be able to do something like. I'm, for a year, I'm gonna only work part-time because it's taking a lot out of me to work full-time. You know, I've got enough money saved that I can just work part-time for the year. I'm gonna might maybe cut back on social engagements because I don't know how well my life is serving me right now. I'm gonna reflect. I'm gonna continue seeing this counsellor. Maybe I'm gonna try meds, something like that. Another thing yeah. that's very sensible with, Al- with both Alice and Beth is that Like, it's not that Beth is like, no, the year is up. I'm going to leave my house now. It's, I'm going to go do a little circuit outside and come back in.
0: It's, yeah. It's that she's now, she she gave herself the year to, like, I feel like she should have been working with a counsellor. Like, she should have. It makes the most sense to be like, I'm taking a year just to work on my mental health and to, like, give myself the space to breathe and to... And to work on the things that are wrong in my life and that aren't working for me. And that, like, if she's working with a counsellor, maybe six months in, she would have been able to, like, do the circuit of her house. So that by the end of the year, she would be able to, like, fully re-engage with society more. But also, I'm like, she took the year, she took the time she needed, and now she's doing the steps in yeah. order. I'm happy for her. I'm happy for this fictional character. You and
1: me, I think, know a little bit more about how mental health works than Beth does in this because (laughs) Beth doesn't think that she needs people. She thinks that there is... I mean, the space between in the title is that you have your inside world and you have your outside world and there is no space between. And the inside world is me, myself, my things, my house. And the outside world is everything else. And, you know, yeah. first of all the dog manages to be like mm-hmm. another living thing that can come into your space and you can have people and animals in your life without your entire self being destroyed. Cause that's kind of Bet's fear mm-hmm. is that if I continue like you know, being in the world requires compromise. Like I have to do things in order to be a person. I have to talk to people. When I talk to people, sometimes it's not things I wanna talk about just because I have to make small talk and I hate it. And sometimes it's you know, just this rat race I can't disengage from. And what we really need to know is how to travel from that inner world into that outer world, how to have a space between where we can have guests and dogs and chat to our neighbors and, you know, build a fort on your garden lawn because you don't want someone in your house like those kind of strategies are really good the idea of being like no i'm going to stay in the inside space and the entire world can rot and fall away isn't helpful
0: no it's not helpful i don't Mm -hmm. love that for her yeah i really feel like she should have made this decision with the support of a trained Mm. person trained medical professional but Sometimes we make decisions that aren't the healthiest for us but do like sometimes we just make decisions based on what we need. In oh, the I've moment. got so
1: many mountain goats quotes about that. In a song called really? Cry for Judas, some things we do just to see how bad they make us feel.
0: Oh God Poor Judas. Yeah. I feel I feel ridiculously bad for Judas a lot of the time because I'm like how how hard can you fight predestination eh? 'Cause Jesus is straight up just like, dude, you're gonna betray it, me. And he's like, nah, I'm I'm good. And Jesus is like, No, you gotta betray me in order for it all to work. And he's like, Okay, fine, I'll betray you, even though I'm being instructed to. And then everyone was like, Hey Judas, you're the worst. I just I can Can we
1: talk Judas. about Judas? I know this is not the purpose of this podcast,
0: <laughs> but can we please
1: talk about <laughs> Judas? Because Judas Okay, so I personally think that the you need to take a critical reading stance for like early Christian history and like you know Jesus as the son of man was not like quote unquote meant to be executed like it is a retroactive thing that oh he died for all our sins is just a way to reframe his brutal murder as like a a thing that was good and planned and for the good of humanity but if you take that stance and you take like the church doctrine that Jesus had to die for people and he had to be betrayed Mm -hmm. in order to die for the world to be saved, he had to be betrayed. And like, then it is predestined that Judas was going to betray him and Judas was going to love him and betray him anyway. And in that case, I don't think Judas should be punished. I think Judas should be fine. He should be up in heaven with the rest of his bros. But like, I'm also
0: like, they were clearly two together,
1: so <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> like, maybe Judas betrayed Jesus Judas because he was like, I I don't want to day. be in love with the prophet. <laughs> I want to be in love with you, this nice guy who's got these great ideas. But also, you're just like, like a carpenter and you're nice.
0: <laughs> and you help the fishermen catch the fish and you give out free food to everyone because they're hungry. Why did Americans ruin Jesus? And it's not just Americans, it's it's the whole it's the whole church ruins
1: Jesus. Imperialism. Oh. It's because you have to re if you call yourself a Christian but you wanna be an imperialist, you have to reimagine Christianity to being okay with your you being imperialist, which means you have to completely disregard the you cannot serve both God and money. And it is easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than a for a rich man, man to get into in heaven. heaven. You have to disregard all of that and be like, no, no, no. No, yeah, I'm allowed to make profit or whatever. Um,
0: what a terrible system. What a, yeah. what a, what a sidetrack for our YA podcast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> true. This is what you get when you have me and Kira in a space. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Judas um, deserved better and Beth comes to good in the end and alice is a really nice character and
0: you have achieved the goal i think that i might read this book based on your description of us so good for you good for meg green yeah is there anything else you want to like make sure that i and the listeners know about it like is there any other characters is it just the the two girls and the dog
1: There at one point beth gets a birthday card and she doesn't open it for a few months but when she opens it there's like a message that makes her cry and there's money which yes. makes it really which is good for her because at this point it's like September or October and she's really running tight on money so we get the implication that someone out there does love her very much but she's still retreating from the world where are um, I will say
0: not that everyone that has could be parents them. but
1: that's part of why I'm like, it's probably not YA, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she lives. Maybe she's been bereaved. Maybe she's, you know, clearly she has this house to herself. Yeah. Um. So whatever has gone down in her life, she has a house to herself. That would, to me, imply she doesn't have parents. Because let's be real, um, I don't think any young Irish person with two living parents would get away with locking themselves in a house for a year without some very intrusive door knocking.
0: And also, like, how on earth would you afford... Like, I know that she's been working hard and that, like, she has money for the year, but, like, how would you pay a mortgage or rent without, like, a steady income?
1: Yeah, I think she's inherited the house. Yeah. Um, okay. I will say... One thing is, you know, this book tries not to make it that, like, Alice fixes Beth. Mm-hmm. And there's even a bit where Alice says, I can't be your reason. But Beth says, you're my only reason. It felt like an apology. I don't have any other reason. And, like, that's not great. Um, But, like, Alice says, no, you, you're reason enough. You have to be your own reason to you know, overcome your mental illness, like continue to try get better and to function. So I will say that's that's maybe a a thing I don't love in this book is I wish they could have done more of you need to find your own reasons. Because while I was saying you can't heal in isolation mm-hmm. and we need one another to function as people, I also think it's so important to develop that self-love to keep yourself going it's a lot of pressure Yeah, I think you need interests and people to allow yourself to be a person I guess to like your entire hmm, okay so even if Beth is trying to build a positive view of herself and like a way to think about I am doing this for me because I am worth it you're worth Your internal self-worth can't be built out of what one other person thinks of you. Yeah. Even if you're like trying to be more independent than just doing it for them. You also need other things. And I wish, I suppose, that they had, you know, maybe her ringing an old friend or, you know, going a little bit more into these books that she's reading all the time and what reasons she's finding in there. You know, what does she miss about her life? What does she look forward to, or even just you know, mouse the dog? <laughs> but yeah, that's I guess that's one other thing. I don't know. I guess that would be a low light. Is I would have liked to see more of that, but I also understand it's a very limited palette for yeah. a book.
0: It's a like it's a lim- like it's it's in it's in verse, so that in itself limits the amount of like monologuing and, mm-hmm. and like it, it's just a it, it's a limiting format and then also yeah. it's just a short book also which again if you have 180 pages of full text that's short and then if you have 180 pages in verse which i assume means that like the format of the book is that only half the page gets used i am correct so like If you just put it as a stream of text, it's probably only Mm -hmm. about 90 pages. So, a good good read for all you uh, short-loving books. Yeah, like I said, I read
1: it... I read the whole thing over two days, but I read, like, at least half of it in an hour. (laughs) Because... You know, um ADHD life hack. Set timers and see how fast you can do things because then you've got an extra element of challenge to see how fast you can do the thing. I really enjoyed reading it. I think I've become spoilt enough with queer narratives that I didn't just jump up and down with joy, like, oh my god, girls kissing.
0: Both of our both of our books this month have been Girls Kissing.
1: Yeah, and Irish Girls Kissing.
0: Yeah, we're definitely spoiled.
1: But I did really, really like having the rural Irishness of it. Like, it's not explicitly rural. It could be in any Irish town where you can heat your house with a wood stove. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they've got big gardens. You've got this kind of sense of isolation. It is more rural Ireland than I'm used to seeing in books. More than I'm used to seeing in queer books, for sure. And I like that. Um, unless you've got more to say I think that's us on this book
0: I think we can wrap up um, that's great
1: next time we talk to you it's going to be October it's going
0: to be October which I love which is a spoopy month and so I will be reading the spoopy book Shiver the Whole Night Through by Dara MacAngus, Angus which is an Irish novel that explores uh, suicide but mm-hmm. but so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you now that there's a lot of content warnings for suicide next in our next pod, and I'll do that of course next week as well for the, all of you who didn't listen to this best. But um, it's it is a boy investigating whether or not this girl killed herself, and also it would appear that he is being given clues by her ghost, which is the spoopy mm. part. Suicide isn't spoopy; it's just sad. Um, yeah, the ghosts are spoopy.
1: My book for next month is going to be A Monster Cause, which is by Patrick Ness, based on an idea by Siobhan Dowd. So it's only very tangentially fitting into our idea of focusing more on Irish books because Siobhan Dowd is actually a British writer born in London to Irish parents. Um, Patrick Ness, of course, we've already covered a book by. I did his book, Knife of Never Letting Go. Um, He is British-American. But yeah, Siobhan Dowd is quite well known as an Irish writer, even though she is debatably not Irish. I think she's a very formative writer for a lot of Irish people. She wrote in that kind of middle grade to teen age group. But this is the last book she thought of before she died. So it was finished by Patrick Ness. And it is also... A little bit creepy. So fitting for October. Um,
0: I think that there's also a, a grief theme in that one. So There is. We've got a lot of death and grief and monsters and spoopiness for our October reads.
1: Because if you've taken anything from this episode, it's that horror and grief and mental illness are all the same thing. They're all the same. <laughs> and and we like monsters in our literature because we have monsters in our minds.
0: Oh, God. Okay. On that note, we're going to close off.
1: <laughs> oh, and sorry. And the solution is solidarity and kindness.
0: <laughs> everyone. Everyone. Not to be on a bum oh note. Oh, my God. I can't even say a sentence, Aoife. Follow us on all the social medias. Since I broke Kira,
1: I'm going to tell you about our social medias. If you would like to talk to us about this episode or recommend other books you'd like us to discuss, you can find us on Twitter at Forever YA Pod. You can also find us on Instagram at Forever YA Podcast. If you really love our work and would like to make a small monthly donation to us getting the bills paid and perhaps improving our audio quality at some point you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash forever pod kira maintains a goodreads account for us the account called, kira's making a grimace like maybe she hasn't maintained it that great recently um but you can follow us on goodreads our name on there is also forever pod you can see what books we have been reading and our reading coming up and that's about it, I think. Yeah,
0: that's that's all our socials.
1: Our yeah. episodes are updated every two weeks on Tuesdays. Every two weeks on the second and fourth
0: Tuesday of the month. So
1: You will hear from us again on the second Tuesday in October when Kira will be telling us about Shiver the whole night through. Uh, Until then, take care of yourselves, stay stay spooky, Uh, take time for yourselves, but don't isolate in your home for a full year.
0: Yeah, maybe just for an hour or two. (laughs) Okay. Bye! Bye. Forever young adults At the podcast where we review books Outro music has happened and you're still here. I think you want to follow us on Twitter.
1: Yeah, you can find us there at ForeverYA Pod.
0: And on Instagram at ForeverYA Pod. You can
1: also <laughs> email us at ForeverYA Pod. And if you really, really like what you're hearing, you can contribute to our Patreon, which you can find at Forever YA Pod. Also,
0: don't forget to like and subscribe. Also,
1: if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us a review. We love you. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye.